Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to Jeff's Bible Trek. This is episode five in our series called After the Heart of God. The last time we covered the period in which David was on the run from Saul and hiding in a cave. Today, we want to pick up with the incident concerning Doeg the Edomite. Sounds kind of like he could be a Star Wars character, doesn't it? (laughs) This incident is found in 1 Samuel 22, verses 6 to 23. And in this passage, King Saul finds out about the location of David and his men. He begins to go on a woe-is-me rant about David, about nobody telling him things, and about nobody cares about me, and so forth. And this guy, Doeg the Edomite, was there. And he spoke up and said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. So Saul called for Ahimelech and his whole family to appear before him. And then he called them on the carpet for helping David. Ahimelech confesses to the whole thing. Not only that, but he defends David's integrity. That really irritated Saul. He immediately calls for the priests to kill Ahimelech and his whole family. The priests refuse to do it. So Doeg stepped up and killed them all. Not only that, but in all his fury, Doeg kills everyone in Nob, the priest's town, every last living soul, and even all the animals. But... One son of Ahimelech escapes the carnage and headed straight to David to tell him what happened. When he heard the account, David said, That day when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul. I am responsible for the death of your whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. You will be safe with me. And true to form, David is so emotional about the whole incident that he writes a song about it, and it's Psalm 52. For the pure and shining one, a song of instruction by King David composed when Doeg the Edomite betrayed David to Saul, saying, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. And it begins this way. You call yourself a mighty man, O big shot. Why do you boast in the evil you have done? Yet God's loyal love will protect me and carry the day. Listen, O deceiver, trickster of others. Your words are wicked, harming and hurting all to hear them. You love evil and hate what is good and right. You would rather lie than tell the truth. You love to distort, devour, and deceive, using your sly tongue to spin the truth. But the Almighty will strike you down forever. He will pull you up by your roots and drag you away to the darkness of death. The godly will see all of this and will be awestruck. Then they will laugh at the wicked, saying, See what happens to those great in their own eyes who don't trust in the Most High to save them? Look how they trusted only in their wealth and made their living from wickedness. But I am a flourishing olive tree, anointed in the house of God. I trust in the unending love of God. His passion toward me is forever and ever. 
Because it is finished, I will praise you forever and give you thanks. Before all your godly lovers, I will proclaim your beautiful name. There are a few more things I want to say about this psalm. First of all, don't be afraid to express to God what you're thinking, and especially what you're feeling. Don't feel guilty about feeling what you're feeling. Some of you feel it's inappropriate to do this. But you know, we are made in God's image. It's natural and normal to express our feelings and emotions in God's presence. As a man after the heart of God, he didn't try to say just what he thought God wanted to hear, but what was really on his heart. Secondly, understand that because you are in Christ, God will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. David understood that. Listen to what he said in verse 8. But I am like a flourishing olive tree, anointed in the house of God. I trust in the unending love of God. His passion toward me is forever and ever. And the last thing I want to say is that there is a prophetic element in that verse. Notice that the last saying of Jesus on the cross is in verse 9a. Because it is finished. When Jesus uttered those words, his mission was done. He had purchased our salvation through his shed blood. And now all of us can say the words of the whole verse. Because it is finished, I will praise you forever and give you thanks. Before all the godly lovers, I will proclaim your beautiful name. Boy, that's awesome. Next is the incident at Keilah. This is in 1 Samuel 23. David goes to fight a city in Philistine territory named Keilah, and Saul finds out about it. He musters his men, and he sets out for Keilah to kill David. David finds out Saul is coming and runs and hides. Saul spends many days in pursuit of David, and an awesome thing happened. It says in verse 16, And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. Isn't that what a true friend is for? How did Jonathan help him find strength in God? By reminding David of God's plan for his life. Don't be afraid, he said to David. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. Wow. (laughs) All of us need someone like that in our lives. Someone who, when the chips are down in our life, comes through for us and reminds us of our destiny. And what follows is the famous incident in which David is on one side of a mountain and Saul is on the other side chasing him. And then a messenger came to Saul and said, Come quickly! The Philistines are raiding the land! So Saul peels off and heads home with all of his men. You know, the arrival of this messenger was a direct answer to prayer. And you say, how do you know that, Jeff? (laughs) Because that prayer is in Psalm 54, which was written at this very time. A song of derision when the Ziphites betrayed David to Saul, saying, David is hiding among us, come and get him. 
<laughs> and listen to this. It starts with the prayer. God, deliver me by your mighty name. Come with your glorious power and save me. Listen to my prayer. Turn your ears to my cry. These violent men have risen up against me, heartless, ruthless men who, caring nothing about God, seek to take my life. But the Lord God has become my divine helper. He leans into my heart and lays his hands upon me. Wow, what a, what a picture. God will see to it that those who sow evil will reap evil. So, Lord, in your great faithfulness, destroy them once and for all. Lord, I will offer myself freely, and everything I am I give to you. I will worship and praise your name, O Lord, for it is precious to me. Through you I'm saved rescued from every trouble. I've seen with my eyes the defeat of my enemies. I've triumphed over them all. So that prayer, God deliver me by your mighty name. Come with your glorious power and save me. Listen to my prayer. Turn your ears to my cry. Such a powerful man after the heart of God. Oh, we must pursue him. Psalm 63 was written during the same time frame. It is a song that is filled with David's affection for the Lord. I personally want this kind of relationship with God. Listen to these words. Psalm 63, King David's song when he was exiled in the Judean wilderness. And so it begins, O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you. In this weary wilderness, I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more with cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. Just as a side note, the lifting of the hands is what the Word of God means when it says we lift up his banner. You know, when you think of Moses who stood on the, on the mountaintop and lifted his hands to the Lord during a battle, and when he got weary, the battle started going against the Israelites, and so two people came and held his hands up, and the battle then began to go in favor of the Israelites. There's something about the lifting up of the hands. Joshua saw this. He was there that day, and there was a battle that he was leading where he got up on the mountainside, and he lifted up his javelin. Now, I don't know if it was in one hand or in two. I kind of envision it being in two, in both hands, and he's holding it horizontally. And as long as he's lifting that up into the air, Israel is winning. So back to the psalm, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. I love that. The anointing of your presence 
satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. (laughs) Honestly, does this sound like someone on the run from his enemy? I mean, when we, he's showing us here that when we go through stuff, that is not the time to run away from God. It's the time to run to him. Continuing on, I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They will be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever. But with the anointing of a king, I will dance and rejoice along with all his devoted lovers who trust in him. That is an absolutely incredible psalm. We're going to move quickly past uh, 1 Samuel and the beginning of 2 Samuel, because there's, there are no psalms accompanying these chapters. When we come to 2 Samuel 5 through 7, we find that David eventually becomes king over all Israel. He conquers the city of Jerusalem. He defeats the Philistines. He brings the Ark of the Covenant up to Jerusalem from Shiloh, where the Ark had been for 369 years. In Psalm 30, was written at this time. Listen to these words. A song for the feast of dedication of the dwelling place. Lord, I will exalt you and lift you high, for you have lifted me up on high. Over all my boasting, gloating enemies, you made me to triumph. O Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle, and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below. Now here I am, alive and well, fully restored. Oh, sing and make melody, you steadfast lovers of God. Give thanks to him every time you reflect on his holiness. I've learned that his anger lasts for a moment, but his loving favor lasts a lifetime. We may weep through the night, but at daybreak it will turn into shouts of ecstatic joy. I remember boasting, I've got it made. Nothing can stop me now. I'm God's favored one. He's made me steady as a mountain. But then suddenly you hid your face from me. I was panic-stricken and became depressed. Still, I cried out to you, Lord God. I shouted out for mercy, saying, What would you gain in my death if I were to go down to the depths of darkness? Will a grave sing your song? How could death's dust declare your faithfulness? So hear me now, Lord. Show me your famous mercy. Oh, God, be my Savior and rescue me. Then he broke through and transformed all my wailing into a whirling dance of ecstatic praise. (laughs) He has torn the veil and lifted from me the sad heaviness of mourning. He wrapped me in the glory garments of gladness. How could I be silent when it's time to praise you? 
Now my heart sings out, bursting with joy, a bliss inside that keeps me singing. I can never thank you enough. This psalm is like David's thank you card to the Lord for all he's done for him. It's just amazing. Well, lastly, I'd like also like to read just a few parts of 2 Samuel 7, because it's such an amazing conversation between David and his God, who, who think about this, who also happens to be our God. You know, when you, have you ever thought that? That the very God that we speak to every day is the same God that David spoke to every day. That's just an amazing thought to me. So in 2 Samuel 7, I'm going to read some, but not all of this. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, and he said things like, I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, Tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. And it says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Well, it's about time, Lord. <laughs> no. I'm joking, that's not what he said. His, his reaction was just the opposite. It was humble. Listen to what he said. Who am I, sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. What a humble, reverential, respectful response to God by David. Well, this is a good place to stop for now. And we'll see you next time. And until then, God bless you.